Well, because Parsis believe strongly in certain magnetic fields. And I will get into that a little later in the episode. But the main reason for not allowing outsiders is that they do not know our methods of cleansing their own fields. And they can then hamper the purity of the temple's field. Now, to understand how fire temples work, there are two types. The main one is called as an Atash Behram. And then there are smaller ones, which are called as Agyaris, which you see in pretty much every town or city. Now, there are only nine Atash Behrams in the world. There's eight in India and one in Iran. And the reason that there are only nine of these Atash Behrams is because if you want to build one, you have to collect fire from 16 sources. And these are not any ordinary day-to-day sources. The sources literally go from a burning corpse of a non-Zorastrian to a potter, a baker, a blacksmith, even an army chief, and even lightning. And these sources of fire have to have certain ceremonies and certain number of ceremonies that get performed on them. So to take, for example, of a burning corpse, the ceremony has to be performed 91 times before it can be included in those 16 sources. And so of all these 16 sources, when you put the number of ceremonies also together, it comes to 1,128. <laughs> so now you can understand why just building an Atash Behram is not as simple as laying down a couple of bricks and putting the electricity on. All the fires in every Agyari, on the other hand, have come from this original fire that was brought from Iran and has been burning since 1741. And for how long it existed in Iran, now that is anyone's guess. In fact, I have a personal story as well. My father, who was a flight engineer with Air India, even flew a plane where this fire was carried to England so that they could start an Agyari over there. Needless to say, it was an all-Parsi crew. Within the religion, we see a great emphasis on purification as well as all the four elements of earth, water, wind and fire, as well as nature. 
where you're talking about fruits and flowers. And for us, the main tenets of our religion lies in good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. At least that's what I used to believe, and most Parsis in India do so too. But I recently learned something that not a lot of Parsis also know. I've said it in one of my previous episodes where I talk about who the Parsis are. And if this episode has piqued your curiosity enough, then maybe after you're done listening to this podcast, you could listen to that one too. And in that episode, I said that the word Magi and its derivative magic were used by ancient civilizations in Central and Western Europe when they were talking about Parsi priests. Even the three wise men who visited Jesus in the manger were Zoroastrians. They were Farsis. When these people conducted their rituals, they used a mixture of visualizations by the mind, the thoughts, with vibrations of sound, which is your words, with actions of the hand and the body, which is your deeds. And so you get that culmination of good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. Over time, this understanding was simplified for the layman, and they were told to at least live a life that is filled with these good thoughts, words, and deeds, as that is enough for a generally happy existence. A similar phenomenon also exists in Hinduism, where most people do not realize why they bajau the ghanti in the mandir. In earlier times, temples were built on spots that had an energy resonating from them. And the vibrations from the bell helped that energy travel through our bodies and made you connect with the earth's vibrations. Today, temples that are built will have a ghanti. And people ring it thinking that God somehow likes this sound. That's another thing that the Parsis and Hindus have in common. Somewhere along the way, a lot of us have forgotten the true meaning of our spiritual practices. Many people do believe that a lot of our traditions are very similar to the Hindus. Like we have the thread ceremony or the naujot, the tika or the tili, like the use of the swastik symbol in the Hindus or the varmala or toran, or even like a Lakshmi puja or our version which is called as a jasan, or even shrad or the gathas as we like to call it, where we pray for the dead. And many of these have their origins from the Aryans, like the swastika, which is the symbol of the sun or the cyclical nature of life on earth. Some of my best childhood memories are just those. My mom performing what is called as a sagan or an achumichu, which basically is just a simple blessing that we do before starting something new or going for an exam or that first day of school. So you know what I mean? Almost everyone, no matter what religion, has their own version of this. Even when a baby is born on the sixth day at 8pm, the sweetest ceremony is done. A child gets dressed in a jabla, which is made out of the traditional Pasi saris known as garas. And then they put a sace, which is a silver tray, which is full of ornaments. And we leave a blank piece of paper along with a red pen. All our money envelopes have to be written only in a red pen. And we leave this overnight. So that at night, the angels come, bless the child and write its name. My mom is so cute till today she has that piece of paper. And if you're wondering if it's still blank, then obviously humans cannot read angels' handwriting, right? 
The next big ceremony that does take place in one's life is the Navjot or the initiation into the religion. Now, this is something that takes place before puberty, between the ages of 7 and 9, for both boys as well as girls. It's the first time that the child will wear the armor of the religion, which is your sadra, which is a vest that is made out of thin muslin, as well as the kasti. And both these things will now be worn every day for the rest of one's life. The sadra is always white. And white, as we all know, is that symbol of purity. And it reminds the wearer that his or her deeds must be as pure and spotless as this sacred white vest that they are wearing. And the kasti, on the other hand, is a sacred cord, which is made out of 72 threads of lamb's wool, which basically symbolizes the 72 chapters of the holy text. Now, this kasti is not just worn in any manner. It's very meticulously worn three times around the waist. And even the number three is very significant. And we see that in many cultures as well. Like you have Lakshmi, Parvati, or you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, remember when I told you that magnetic fields were a big deal for Parsis? The act of putting your sadra and kasti after a bath well, that is how they work on their magnetic fields on a daily basis. Another thing that happens during the Naujot, and all the kids get psyched by this, is the drinking of the cow urine. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Before you think, oh wait, this is like the Hindus, let me also tell you, Bawas go one step further. It can't be any cow. It has to be a pure white cow. So, what happened to me during my Naujot and something that has scarred me for life is my sister decided to play a prank on me during my Naujot. We both did our Naujots together, something that a lot of parents do. And she told me before we entered the room where the ceremony was about to take place and she said, are you all ready? We're gonna, now going to have to drink the cow's piss. And I was like, wait, what? We have to drink it? I thought we were just supposed to put it to our lips. And she was like, no, no, we have to drink it. And guess what sweet, innocent, seven-year-old me did during that ceremony? I drank the cow's pee. <laughs> also, another ceremony that does take place is when a couple gets engaged, the family will plant a tree for them. And this tree is obviously a symbol of fertility. And if a woman is expecting, then we perform what is called as an agani similar to a Godbharai, in the 7th or the ninth month. The topic of death also among Zoroastrians is controversial. And for those of you who do not know, right from ancient times, Zoroastrians would go and leave dead bodies in a place where scavenger birds like vultures would come and consume them. Now this was done as a sign of not being attached to your body and letting others feed on it. It is considered as the last charitable act that you will do. This would usually be done on a hill which was away from where people lived. And even in Bombay, the Parsis have built what is known as their Tower of Silence. And it's on Malabar Hill, which over time went and became the heart of the city where the super rich like the Godrages and the Ambanis live. But unfortunately, the number of vultures is now down to nearly zero. And many efforts have been made by the community 
first they tried bringing back the vultures breeding vultures and even introducing solar concentrators now if there is one thing that today has divided the parsis it is this process so many are opting for electrical cremations because this age old tradition it's not working too well especially in the cities but yet there are some things about the funeral that are very interesting one is that the priests will never enter the room where the body is they will only stand at the door and they will pray from there two a dog is brought in to check if the person is dead or alive and three a piece of iron is moved around the body from head to toe three times and this has something to do with the magnetic field ceasing to exist once the soul has left the body in this episode i've explained as much as possible and like every other religion there are so many other small things that we do i'm sure you've also realized that there are so many similarities with your religion and the parsis and if you would like to reach out to me comment on this episode or just share it with the rest of the world please do so and if you do don't forget to tag me on my social media handles which are available in the show description i'll catch you again very very soon and don't forget you can always watch the video version of this episode as well on my youtube channel whack ciao thank you for listening to this episode of whack to make sure that you don't miss out on a new episode subscribe to and follow the show on this app right now